What a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of amrays and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of Blockbuster Video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom-and-pop video store killer, the corporate big-choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars, who are in the know, arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Talkbuster podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. Before I get into my very special guest, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. You are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcord, Mark Price, collaborating online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Kraus, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott Arcuri, Shore Hunson, Gusted, and Geeks with Shields. This this show is a lot of my shows is brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Each week, hosts Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline, talking everything from comics to long forgotten movies and TV shows. If the darkest timeline has you down, check out the Geeks with Shields podcast for all your nerdy needs. And that gets me to today's special guest, another person who has been um, connected to me through my great friend Shamim Dana, who has been on this show before. He is Blockbuster's biggest fan, Skywalker, Bounty Hunter. Um, he is He's just a blast. He's a great guy, and he knows lots of people. Um, so with that, here's a person that not only um, was a huge fan of video stars and Blockbuster video, but enjoyed movies so much, they started making their own films. Nikki Razumatendam, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you very much for having me on. Awesome. It's an absolute blast. I, I, I love getting connected with new people. So where are you from, Nikki? Where, or where are you from now or then or whenever? I'm from uh, Ontario, Canada, and I've barely been out of the country since I've been born. So it's just uh, mostly just situated here. It's beautiful up here. <laughs> Give me um give me regional because I, I we go up to Nova Scotia a lot. Nova Scotia and the PEI area and all that, me and my wife. Oh, I wish I could go over there. Uh that is that's a closer a bit further east. That's just off of Quebec, right? Yeah, that's near Quebec. That's right. Yeah, I'm on the other side of Quebec. Awesome. Okay. That for some reason in my mind, Ontario is west, but that's more um like Saskatchewan. Is that west? Yeah, you got uh, Vancouver out west and everything like that. Vancouver, there we go. So it's Vancouver and Ontario that I keep swapping in my head. 
So I'm, I, I've never been to Western Canada, but Eastern Canada is beautiful. Oh, I would love to go to Vancouver. I, I, I've heard a lot of great things about that place, but uh, sadly, I'm a little bit stuck here and just enjoying the beauty of my own uh, area. <laughs> Especially after the year we've had, huh? Tell me. Yes. Yeah, I can't, can't glance over that, but we're, you know, we're a year in. Hopefully things are getting a little better. I hope. Um, can't wish it to be better. We have to try, but, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So how, how do you know our good friend Shamim? Uh, I actually met through, uh, Shamim through autograph collecting on fanmail.biz. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So did you meet him in person or just through the internet, like sharing of autograph collecting? Uh, just through the internet. Uh, we've done uh, video calls uh, for his birthdays and everything. And, uh, that's just been a long distance, uh, friendship. <laughs> Same here. I, I I can't wait to meet him in person. He's just he's just such a great guy. And God, I don't think I've met a person or talked to a person with his that's as enthusiastic and as seems to be as genuinely like joy brought to them through autograph collecting as him. You know, like some people just do it and you go, okay, you do it, but what's the point? Some people, oh, I have these, and he loves to show them off and loves to tell the story behind them, and I just think that's amazing. Yeah, he has a, he brings a lot of energy, I've noticed, a lot of enthusiasm, and uh, he brings more than anyone else I know. It's incredible, and uh, kudos to him to always stay optimistic and always strive to keep going. Absolutely. That's, and that that's catchable, right? Everybody that I know that's met him or is connected through this kind of stuff is just like, man, I want that guy's life outlook. Like, how do I get that? <laughs> you know yes i i hear you there's so many people that could benefit from positive thinking and just keep moving forward so um god autograph collecting that's that's a fun thing to to delve into do you have a specific um like niche that you're in or are you just like anybody that you know is willing to meet or that you can find like you know what what's your um what's what's the thing that uh, gets you interested uh, back when I was a lot younger, uh, probably late teens, is when I first got into it with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and Harry Potter. I just dove right into it. But uh, as uh, things progressed uh, with conventions, it got more expensive. And all I wanted to do then was meet the actors in person instead of uh, having mail returned to me uh, because it didn't get through to them or waiting and not getting any response. So I went to conventions for a while to meet them and. Now and then uh, you would hit, have a hit and miss, like, oh, this person was great, or this actor wasn't uh, all that enthusiastic, and it just it kind of hurts you after a little bit. But uh, the cost of the autographs keeps going up, and I'm I'm sorry, but I can't uh, save up a uh, fifty or hundred dollars just to uh, right. get an autograph from someone. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's you, like uh, you 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 do it. You uh, get married or have kids and then uh, your money becomes a bit more limited. Like, okay, what do I, what can I save my money towards now? <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I get that completely. It's the, the world. Everything's just too damn expensive. And, and, and that's a shame, right? You know, cause it is great. Like you said, you can meet a person and money you put aside. Sometimes they're just amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like me, I've, I've taken my wife to a lot of Broadway shows and, and the thing in Broadway is, you know, the, the actors, like the unspoken thing is you wait by the stage door and they, they'll come out and say hi, you know, and sometimes sign autographs. And so my wife's met, you know, Adina Menzel and Anthony Rapp and, and, and you know, 
it's awesome because they genuinely seem to want to be there. Yeah. And that's, that's electric, right? When somebody genuinely, even if it's a show that they're putting on, but my brother is a, uh, is a movie critic from Boston and does a lot of online videos. And there's people that genuinely want to meet him. And he told me, you know, it's so surreal, but you got to approach it with, if you're having a bad day, your bad day is just your bad day. But if yeah. your bad day is inflicted on someone else that may have been waiting like this whole convention to just see you, they're going to remember that, Yeah, you know? And I'm like, that's such a weird way, like a, a, a thing you don't have to put on, like a hat that you don't think you're ever going to have to wear. And I, uh, kudos to any celebrity that manages to give a good interaction to everybody they meet, because that must be exhausting. I, I totally agree. Like I've seen enough to do with the uh, Johnny Depp or uh, I've heard a lot of stories to do with uh, uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, certain other actors that uh, they're just amazing on set or they're amazing with uh, the fans or they go out to hospitals and it's just yeah. or just really genuine. And you're like, wow, how are you still so down to earth? How do you still make the time for these fans to do these things? And that's a giant part of the job that I think people forget is that, you know, you're, you know, some people try to be, you know, behind closed doors and never see anybody, but like my favorite thing, if, if I was in those shoes, you know, whether you're a singer, whether you're a performer would be that, you know, you're there putting stuff out to make people's lives better or to make them smile. So why wouldn't part of your job see them give that back to you like see the smile you put on someone's face it's like that's that's what this is all about right and yeah there are some you know people you got to avoid you know that are a little too you know crazy and stuff out there but for the most part people are just happy to meet you you know i totally agree like uh i've um uh joined up to uh follow certain actors on uh facebook and uh i'm on some fan groups and some of the things that the fans say like to me it's too obsessive. Like, I understand you need to get a break from your own reality and you need to leech onto something that's positive. And sometimes it becomes too much. And I, I remember back with watching much music, seeing uh, the Backstreet Boys uh, meeting a crowd mm -hmm. and the fans would be grabbing at their clothes, pulling them in, just so excited. And the, the singer is just, okay, that's great. And they're just smiling away, waiting for the, uh, the bodyguards to pull them away because they don't want anyone to get hurt. They're there for the fans, but at the same time, sometimes the fans can become too overwhelming and it's part of the price of fame and it's, it's scary, but it's exciting. I don't know what else to say about it. No, it, it's awesome. So what are, what are you, some of your personal um, favorite experiences, either with people you've met or autographs you've gotten? Cause, cause I didn't expect to talk about this and it fascinates me because I, I've met, I've met, you know, a lot of, I've never really had a bad interaction with an actor I've met. I haven't really gone out of my way to meet too many, but like one of my absolute favorites was Sean Astin. He was signing his book, um, there and back again about the making of the Lord of the Rings. And he came to the museum of science and God, the amount of people he had to meet before he met me and my friends was insane. And he, you know, he, he sat and chatted with us for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and like was like and i'm like this is awesome like it was like we were the only people in the room and i can't believe he was able to keep that up that whole day um well what are some of yours i actually have met sean Aston myself at uh fan expo and he was a really nice guy and uh 
I actually got his autograph from my husband back when I was just dating him. Awesome. Um, my favorites, uh, Nathan Fillion. Oh, I, uh, I told him that uh, I actually named uh, my one son after him, and he asked, oh, which name? And I said, Nathan. And he said, it's a good name. It doesn't uh, rhyme with anything. Like, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually, and I, I actually asked him, do you want to see a picture of my kids? And he said, sure. And he actually studied it on my phone. He goes, uh, it's a good-looking boy. Like, wow, you actually took the time. Right. Uh, it wasn't just like a glance. Oh, yeah, she showed me a picture. Whatever. <laughs> Um, Lin Linda Hamilton, uh, um, who else? Uh, Amanda Tapping, she complimented my outfit. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, just a few of the top off my head that were have been just amazing to work with. No, those, those are great. And, and, you know, like, like I said at the beginning, you know, you, you make some movies. Um, now did that, did that come from, do you, you see, so you go to conventions, do you do cosplay for some of the characters you've played? I know you've done. Yes, that? I <laughs> I I cosplay as uh, Elsa from Frozen the first movie and yep. uh the reactions from the little girls are just so beautiful and genuine. <laughs> Isn't that I, I it. like Isn't that a, a, mother, a mother can walk up to me and uh ask me if they can take a picture and the, the daughter will grab the mom and say, Careful, she has powers, and we both just smile more. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I watched a guy um, playing Gaston in Disney World having mm -hmm. more fun with that job. Like, you, you know, because it's like a lot of them are in, you know, full costumes and masks and you can't really see. But like the ones that get to play the princes or the human looking characters, they get to, you know, put their personality into it. And Gaston was standing with his big oversized arm, like just leaning against the side of the thing. And these teenage girls came up. And they were like, oh, Gaston, we've been waiting all day to meet you. Why wouldn't you? I'm incredible. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, this guy's just awesome. <laughs> like, he just gets it. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, it just makes me think of how, oh, God. So what do you, you've done um, that Resident Evil series, which I wanted yeah. to transition into because I, I really enjoy it. And, you know, I've, I've made, you know, low-budget indie films with my friends, too. And I get, you know, how hard it is just to make something let alone make something that you know comes together and can go up there and you can follow and how did you fall into that was was that character someone that you cosplayed or was this like how did how did you get involved in that i played resident evil 5 like crazy with my husband well fiance at the time and uh i um I wanted to do cosplay shoots and then we wanted to do interacting of uh, slow motion action. And I realized, you know what, why don't we actually just film this stuff? And then I found a guy on Kijiji and uh, Chris Randall, and um, he agreed to uh, film stuff for free with me. And then he, we decided, Hey, let's make it into a movie. And we're like, okay, let's make this into a mini series. And it's, it just kept evolving. And uh, I found a, a sound recorder guy on Kijiji and um makeup artists and before i knew it i had an amazing crew and a whole bunch of cast members and the one thing that kept hurting a bit was the fact that uh, needing more and more zombies i'm sorry people but once you're used we can't bring you back on <laughs> <laughs> oh i was like sorry you're dead we have to find another zombie now <laughs> that's awesome yes having having made a zombie movie myself it's amazing how quick it can go from Oh, we're just going to hang out with our buddies and make something. So you look around and go, okay, so we got a blood guy and we've got a, we've got a gore effect person. And 
Now we've got a lighting. Pro- what happened? Like, why are we a real film set all of a sudden? This is crazy. It was. I love the dynamic that formed with uh, filming that YouTube series and uh, the, all the actors and the professionals. And through that, I really began to appreciate the dynamic and the family. Like, I know you're afterwards, like you say goodbye, but later on, you can always reach out like, hey, do you want to do this project with me? Because you form such a bond because you get to know each other and uh, you get really comfortable with one another, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's almost like a friends for life thing, especially if you only do it a few times, right? It's, I, I can see why people get, start doing this as a job, right? Cause it's like, you know, even, even like the starving artist part of it, of just like wanting to get in. Cause it's, it's very, um, it's very, uh, electric. Like I've said before, you know, you, especially when everybody's on the same page. Now, when, when did you make this? Oh boy. Um, I started it, I think 2015 or so. Wow. In around that time. And it took us a few years because now and then we would have a set date and realize, Oh crud, that's, uh, that's Thanksgiving or that's going to be Easter weekend. I'm just thinking about the dates. I'm not thinking about anything else special. Like, okay, every other, every couple of Saturdays or Sundays, because I can only shoot on the weekends. And uh, thank you so much to my parents for looking out for my little ones. <laughs> right, of course. That, that's that, Having two kids myself, that's the hardest part, right, to do anything. Like, this is why I, I do a lot of these shows on my lunch break at work, because it's like I, I need this outlet. But at the same time, I don't want to be like, okay, kids, daddy's going to go and talk to other people that aren't you for an hour. You know, (laughs) I don't want to do that because that's, you know, a a hard, a hard thing to make time for. Um, And the kids are interested in what you're shooting, too. (laughs) Yeah. Now, did you, uh, and sorry for not having the notes up in front of me because I watched those and I watched um, Hunted, your your other movie, too. And I want to talk to that. But on the Resident Evil thing, what, what level of involvement were you, did you... Obviously, you're, you star in it, but were you on other things in it, too? Um, I was writing it, and I filmed yep. a few episodes, and um, I got the props. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I did a lot, but like I mostly just, I only did that one role, but aside from that, I did the writing, and uh, I scouted the uh, locations, I found the yes. actors. I, it's a lot of work in the end, but I feel really proud of even though it was very low budget, how much we were able to pull off. Oh, it feels, it feels legitimate. Like I'm watching it. Like you guys got the sounds and the camera angles and the, the feel of like, you know, each episode kind of ramped up into the scares and things, the way the games did. And that, that I thought was really impressive because um, even high budget, you know, multi-million dollar movies that try to adapt video games sometimes miss the point. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, I what was that? I do. I, I totally agree. And that, that pilot that you had there, you know, cause I've, I believe I've watched half, what are there? 11 episodes. I actually, I've left count because of all the bloopers I put together as well. Right. <laughs> I, know, I know I've watched at least half the episodes and I really am enjoying it. But the, the pilot, I really loved that diary from the worker at the beginning there. I was like, I that really that, set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm like, I really feel like I'm in the game. Like that was really, really well done. 
Yeah, he's actually my editor. That was uh, Chris Randall. Like, uh, he felt so embarrassed to have his face up on there. I'm like, I'm doing this for the fun of it, and so are you. Like, uh, this is just, uh, it, uh, I'm really happy with how well it came together. And we were always going back and forth. And uh, he, we had one bit of trouble with uh, two of the episodes because we actually lost one of the actors. Uh, he, uh, he was coming from too long, uh, too far away. I think it was like over an hour drive for him to come out. Maybe it was two hours. But uh, we had to replace uh, Chris Redfield's. Uh, twice, but the second one actually didn't uh, happen because it was just a quick rough run. And then after that, we got our Chris Redfield, and he was actually originally a zombie. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. episode three, uh, he he played a zombie at first, but then we realized, hey, you actually look a lot like Chris. Could you please play him for the rest of the series? <laughs> no one's going to pay attention to the fact that you're playing two different roles. That's awesome. I I love stuff like that. The uh, the movie I sent you in the chat, we had a eight minute segment of it with tons of gore effects that we had to completely reshoot because of the same thing. Two of the actors just stopped being able to come. We're like, well, guess we're doing that again. <laughs> so we yeah. got to, to hone our craft as it were craft being, being out in the middle of a field, figuring out how to pull off cheap gore effects very quickly. Oh, I know when it sucks in the morning when uh, you're waiting for actors to show up and you get a text message like, Oh, one of the actors just had a fender bender. He's not showing up. Okay, so we have to modify. Uh, okay, you're going to be saying these lines instead. Let's quickly rearrange this. <laughs> That's Ooh, actually. I think it was during episode six. Might have been episode uh, six. Um, we were shooting a lot in the barn with uh, the executioners and having a lot of zombies. And um, uh, when I went back into the uh, house that we were borrowing. Um, we suddenly got a notification. Oh, there's actually a tornado warning for our area. So we had to quickly ask the homeowner, is there a shelter that we can all go into? Yeah, yeah, there's. We're like, okay, I have to go let them know inside the barn. <laughs> we got wow. like nothing hit us, but one of uh, my crew uh, members, uh, the uh, sound girl, she said that the tornado one actually came down near her house. <laughs> she was getting oh. messages from her neighbors. Oh my God, it came down over here. Like, okay, that happened. <laughs> wow. That's intense. Um, yeah. So, so you were saying you did you did the location scouting, and that's I mean a good location says it all. And there were some really cool ones in this. Did you uh, did you kind of do it guerrilla style? Did you have permission to be at these places? Like how'd you how'd you do it? Um, I actually went out with my dad to um, ask uh, different properties, uh, and uh, the first three houses we went to, no one answered their doors, and then. The first one that did was totally down to earth and was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Come on down here, film whatever you need. Uh, they weren't, they weren't using the barn and uh, no one ever got hurt. I think I'm the only one that actually got hurt. I jumped up and hit my head off of a beam, <laughs> but no, there was never any accidents whenever we were filming everything. Like we were so careful. We had uh, two, um, two guys that were the uh, fight choreographers and we went over every single step for I've never done fight chore choreography until then. And it was so much fun, exhausting, but it was so much fun. And I totally appreciate like whenever I hear about uh, the stunts being done in like Marvel or anything else like that, like I totally appreciate everything that goes on behind these movies now because of what I did with that little series. 
No, absolutely. And, and you did some really cool, clever stuff like the, the choreography again. And this is coming from someone that, that understands like how hard this stuff is to do. Right. You can tell you had, you were thinking it through, um, you know, and, and that's really important because there was some stuff in here. You could easily see somebody getting hurt. I mean, you're just in old, old buildings and, you know, concrete and pylons and beams and stuff sticking out. I was really taken in an early episode. You did a cool thing where your character gets thrown through a window and <laughs> the way, the way you did it really felt like the game. It like went to like a kind of like half blue screen, like window shatter, like transition. And then you lying on the ground and I'm like, man, like that was a really cool way to do that without actually tossing yourself through a window, which good on you. And, yeah. and two, it made it feel like the game. Yeah, actually, it yeah, was a, not a fun, such a fun thing to do because um, I had to grab a bunch of blankets and go outside and the editor had to keep uh, recording me jumping up and just free falling onto my back onto these cushions, which kept oh. backwards. <laughs> so yeah, I was constantly jumping, jumping, jumping. And actually there was one other thing with the first episode when um, I'm being choked by the executioner and I fall. Yeah. There's no padding. I'm actually falling onto a bit of a, whatever the floor is, cement or whatever, over and over and over. <laughs> Damn, you know, and that was something, the executioner there, <laughs> when, you know, because you're watching, you're going, okay, cool, yeah, I, I get how they did this, and it's like, he goes and puts his hands in your throat, and I go, he's going to lift her up off the ground. That's not an easy effect to pull off. Like, yeah. good job. I was standing up on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those things like seeing a lot of movies like you just talked about. You go, that's what's going to happen next. But I'm like, this is someone making movies on a level where I would make them. I, I wouldn't. And like, nope, literally they did that. Like, and, and it seemed legit. Like it felt real. It felt like you were in danger. And that's that's very important. Now, um, the costumes and, and stuff that people came, especially that executioner one, is that like, is that something that person cosplayed as? Do you Did you make that for the movie or the show? Like, how did that work? Because that was a well-done outfit and, and weapon, as it were. Um, I actually made that weapon. Uh, that uh, took me probably just less than a week to make, but uh, I found a burlap bag. Uh, I don't remember where I even found it, but uh, my makeup crew uh, did him up with all the blood, and he I think he brought some Halloween uh, stuff, uh, some chains from decoration, because he loves halloween like whenever you go to his house it's incredible so he brought some of his, his own stuff and i used uh oh what did i use to make that i actually kept that executioner axe for about maybe four or five years and we used it in one of the one of the last episodes but it got damaged because it got left out in the rain uh gosh oh what did i use i know i used a, a coke case the base of that for the back of it and use a hot glue gun and uh, a broom handle and lots of brown paint uh, <laughs> you learn a lot as you go you really do oh yeah no and it all looked good i mean that's you know people sometimes say you know like I, you know you, i approach things from did i enjoy it and was what you were trying to do get off on screen and just as someone who appreciates what it takes to make something these are these are super enjoyable you definitely put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen the bloopers yet? <laughs> yeah, they're great. they're great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My, I always joke that, that 15-minute zombie movie I made, we made a DVD out of it back in 2004. 
it had two and a half hours of special features for a 15 minute long movie. We had an hour long making of, we had bloopers. We, it was so much fun to put that stuff together. My gosh. I, I have to watch that because that, I love the bloopers. I love the little mistakes. Cause you know, when you're watching something, like, Oh my gosh, how many did t- takes it to do for how many, how many times do they have to do this in order to get it right? And yep. it's just with, uh, say watching the X files and Karen Jillian, or is that her name? Or did I get mixed? Jillian Anderson. Sorry, my bet. Jillian my Anderson. Bet. Yep. Yeah. I for a uh, minute there, that sounded right to me, and I had to be like, "What? What?" <laughs> Sorry. Um, being so straight, so serious, and then to see the bloopers, how much she cracks up. Like, wait, you you laugh? Like, oh my gosh, I love your character so much more now because of how hard you have to work to be serious and to see this other side of you. Like, you're just go- you're just as goofy as the rest of us. Oh yeah. And so this was the, the Nugenics, um, Nugenics archives, right? Is what this was called. Yes. So guys, that's resident evil Nugenics archives. Um, you'll find it on YouTube. It's awesome. Is that, what's the name of your production company? It's fruit something, right? Uh, frugal fruit. Yes. Frugal fruit. So, and, and I think they, that has a YouTube channel. If not, the stuff comes up when you search it, but, um, it's awesome. And video game fans, Resident Evil fans, people that just like the joy and enthusiasm of seeing somebody make something themselves and yeah, have it come really good. You know, that's Chris Randall. That's all. Chris Randall owns Frugal Fruit. He he does all the. I uh, I was filming myself uh, playing uh, Resident Evil Revelations, and I was yes. sending him footage. And he's like, "Hey, this looks uh, really fun." So he started to do it for his own channel. Like, "Hey, that's great!" Like, whatever you can do to get through everything we're going through the last couple of years. So yeah, that's all him. That's not me. <laughs> no, but Hey, you know what? You're, you're part of it. Your character is great. The, the sets and it, it's, it's always the group of people that get together that, that makes something awesome. And, uh, you know, that enthusiasm comes through. I, I love, I love propping up independent filmmakers is have, um, has this been seen anywhere outside of YouTube? Have you brought it to any conventions or, or anything like that? No, actually, I only learned about uh, film competitions after I shot Hunted, and I was like, "Oh crap! It's probably I probably lost my missed my window for it." I so that that's a great transition. Let's talk about Hunted. So Hunted was done after the Resident Evil stuff, huh? Yes, it was. <laughs> so where did where did you get the idea for Hunted from? Like, how did this come about? It was actually. Uh, the idea came from a phone game app. I was playing it on my phone and it never ended. Like uh, they never completed it. And I thought, well, I'd love to see this actually come to life, but I had to do a whole bunch of my own modifications because in the game, uh, there was a, um, a facility, there was like a mansion. I'm like, I don't have any of this stuff. <laughs> all I've got are the woods. So we had to do that. I'm like, Oh, I don't have uh, all these extra kind of characters. Like, okay, let's just make it a lot more basic. And it actually only took us one whole day to shoot the 24, 25 minute movie. And I'm really happy with how well it came out. Wow. Like, you did that. That was just one day of shooting. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that, that's really cool. Cause you know, it, it was, it was very cool. I, I liked how the story was, um, was uncovered. I liked the characters figuring out stuff as they went. I, I liked uh, the subtle 
um, you know, subtle things like the fangs and the, you know, characters kind of coming to the revelation based on abilities more so with how they looked on what mm-hmm. was going on. I thought it was a really clever way to do something like that. It kind of had a, is like a weird, um, I've seen a few, like there was an episode of Black Mirror, I think that it reminded me a lot of. And there's been a couple of recent movies, you know, the, the old trope of people waking up and not knowing where they are is evergreen. Right. But I, I really enjoyed your take on it. I, I really enjoyed um, the subtle um, things you did with the, with the makeup, you know, the, the fangs, the, you know, the, the um, wound on the guy's chest, things like that, where it's more the abilities that these people were given. That's the reason how they're figuring out what they are rather than, the physical appearance again, obviously done for you know budgetary reasons, but also it makes it more story and character driven than than the other way around. And I appreciated that a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm happy you really enjoyed it because the the whole concept was completely taken from that game. But I I wrote it, I cast it, I uh, I I found the location, uh, and uh, the. The one actor that I was so happy I was able to get was uh, the villain. I yes. really love his voice. He's to me, he sounds a lot like uh, he was like a John Malkovich. One hundred percent. I was going to ask, you know, out of were these all people you knew, or did you like do a casting call? Because because that guy seemed to like show up to play. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I uh, I went to. Uh, Casting call pro or Mandy.com. I, I think they combined. I don't remember anymore right now, but uh, I came across him on there and he set me up with um, this uh, with the, the fight choreographer. And we had a lot of fun with uh, the fight scene. And uh, <laughs> you'll have to see the bloopers for that. But um, I shot everything on my uh, GoPro that uh, my in laws gave me as a, a birthday or Christmas present. Everything was shot on my GoPro. That's awesome. Full we on only have one little hiccup, and that was that uh, the vampire, she accidentally overslept. So she came to set um, a couple of uh, hours late. So, But we were able to still shoot other things. We were able to still get other things out of the way. I'm like, okay, well, we could still shoot this. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's a really cool concept. And, and that guy, oh, my God, the, the voice over the radio, I, I love that whole so he didn't die from the bullet wound, huh? I'm like, this is great. Like, this is just you, you, there was a lot of um, a lot of equity of story, right? You moved it forward very quickly and didn't give the characters, you know, um, a ton of time to just ramble. It was it was very uh, very well put together. I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, thank you very much. Um, the one thing I've learned that, uh, like, say, like that actress being late, um, there's always I've noticed even with uh, shooting the uh, YouTube series. There's always going to be a hiccup, and you cannot get bent up over one person or two people that are showing up late. You always have to think on your feet and uh, come up, okay, what can we do next? Oh, they can work on the, their makeup. They can work on their lines. We can uh, do some uh, promo pictures. We can quickly shoot these scenes. You can't uh, get all bent out of shape over one small thing. Like Things happen. You just have to adapt and move forward. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mean to her, like being upset about oversleeping, like, hey, things happen. I totally understand. <laughs> right. I mean, that that's that's part of why it's the whole team that brings it together. Right. So you you step up and boost up the other person when when they can't be there and vice versa. I I liked all the cool stuff with the flashback shots of, you know, 
figuring out where they were before. It was just, it was, it was really clever and, and just small and fun. And the fact that it only took a day to film it still is amazing me because that's a lot of shots. Yes. Yeah. I, I do not play around. I see like, Hey, I don't need to get close-ups of every single person. I can just do a group shot. I can do this. And I'm really, really happy that it came out as well as it did. I'm happy super happy with how much you enjoyed it <laughs> no i mean i really like i said i i approach you know again it's not we're not talking p- p- people get in the you know well everything has to be perfect or i'm just going to give it crap and and you know to me understanding another filmmaker and being able to put myself in your shoes and go okay what did it look like behind the camera like what was it like putting this together and i can set myself in that mindset and go Oh yeah, I enjoy the hell out of this because I can see it being made. I can see, you know, yep, I, you know, you obviously there was wind in the microphone on this shot, so the audio was harder to get. But that's a charm to it. I love that kind of stuff. And to me, someone that knows how to work with it and still, you know, the the what you were trying to put forward still came through for me. You know, I and and again, a lot of it was handed to that that actor playing the villain just gave this ominous, you know, yeah. like he, you didn't need to see what he did to them. He, all you have to hear is his voice and like the, the creepy joy that he seems to be getting out of all of this. And it's just like, this is messed up and I, I like it, you know? Yeah. I, I really enjoyed writing his lines and I really enjoyed him giving them just so fluently. And I was like, wow, this really gives off this. This is his whole character. And you can really tell why he is the way he is. Like he doesn't care. <laughs> not you just one do bit because you can and, and i and i love how usually stories like this will have a oh don't worry we'll we'll get to the guy and he'll be able to reverse it of course but nope <laughs> like like literally i can't change what i did to you sorry um this thing you have vampire lady you know that i think stopped the sun from bothering you i can give you that it's like what a jerk it's great <laughs> Yeah, and actually, I have already started filming uh, the sequel to the first one. Oh, awesome. But it got paused because of uh, problems like with scheduling with the actors, and then COVID happened. <laughs> so it's COVID. being constantly put on pause, and yeah. Oh. I got, I got, I've got so many scenes already shot, but now I need to replace certain actors and get other scenes done, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So what, um, again, I don't obviously don't want to blow it before you get it out there, but what's, um, is it just more storyline with these characters or what's the, what's the Um, idea for for the more hunted? The, uh, sequel, they are, uh, they do not realize that, uh, they are still being hunted because he obviously has other people that work for him. It's his property. So once they leave, well, they don't want to lose their product. Right. And uh, you come across one little spoiler. Um, you come across uh, Beatrix's uh, coven, her little oh. family, and they're wow. going to be. Uh, yep, they're going to be heavily involved. <laughs> it's not going to be crazy like it. Like uh, you get to learn about how they've come to be and how they're a family and what happened. I can't really give off too much more. <laughs> no, 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 of course, I'm just I'm interested. I, I you know, this is going to be great. So you said you said hunted did did the did some festivals and things. Uh, yes, I've uh, submitted it to 
a handful and I've received a semi-finalist for at least three film festivals. And the last one was uh, for female director. Oh, congratulations. That's great. Is this, is this the first, um, like solo directing gig you've done or have you done stuff on before? I, you know, cause I know the resident evil thing was like a team of people, but you know what, um, was this your first solo outing or. And this was uh, my first uh, one of me uh, shooting everything uh, on my own. I did do a different uh, short film uh, called uh, Chances uh, to do with uh, a guy um, falling asleep at uh, this person at this neighbor's house uh, outside and uh, going inside to find infected, finding a gun. And uh, um, there was an alternate ending. I had a small role in that one as well, but uh, that one uh, didn't take off very well. But I, I you learn as you go. Right, you got to keep working. Uh, the the movie me and my friends made first, and then we made that zombie one. The quality level between the two of them, just like oh, none of us have ever edited before, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the first one. So we tried, yeah. and we're like, oh, it would have been nice if our shot composition made sense between these edits. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, the uh, hunted was has definitely been my biggest highlight, and I'm looking forward to getting back to it. But there's one other project that I'm heavily uh, involved. Well, I'm not heavily involved with. I'm the co-producer, but uh, I'm really eager to uh, get uh, my hands on it. A bit more involved. Um, it's uh, my boss's project, actually. <laughs> nice. It's uh, called uh, the Kaya Saga, and uh, my boss wrote a book series. And um, she met through me. Uh, she met me through fan fiction, and awesome. uh, through a love of Supergirl. And um, she told me about her book series. And uh, I, we've been working together ever since. And now I'm her co-producer. And uh, out. Sorry, I'll restart that. That's all right. Um, my boss. Uh, she wrote uh, these books. Uh, I think it was back in, uh, she said 2010 and, um, it's, it's an amazing book series and we're, uh, trying to get it made into a movie series and, uh, her name is Laura Bazzani and Kaya, it's the, the series feels like a, a mix of Spartacus and, um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's nice. what it feels like the first book. Like that's, it, it feels like it's going to be so big i'm so excited to get involved more involved with it <sighs> that's awesome so you're you got your uh um irons in lots of different fires then that's great yes yes <laughs> so, um to to uh bend this back into uh the the title of the show for a minute you know i i imagine we've all um had our experiences with with video stores and video rental and anyone making a movie probably spent a lot of time in stores like that renting things but i wanted to ask do you do you have like a, a history you know with video rental do you have memories nostalgia anything oh. that yes i do i i think i was in my early teens or so when uh, blockbuster first came out and awesome. um, I remember when I was in my later teens, my brother and I waiting outside of Blockbuster for, I think it was Halo 3 midnight release. <laughs> wow. Oh, I, I do miss Blockbuster still because 
like everything is online but if you don't want to go online and get this these digital downloads then uh, at least with blockbuster you have a hard copy that you can if you don't know if the movie's going to be good or not oh, i don't want to go spend 20 dollars on a brand new movie and find out oh this was actually really crappy and just return it you know right blockbuster right. gave you that option but oh and i love i love that you mentioned the, the video game midnight releases because like that that was something that you know that's all gone too like there's there's you know eb games you know, gamestop and all the, but that doesn't even really happen anymore because everybody can just pre-order it you know on but like i remember at blockbuster people coming in wanting to pre-order a game for a midnight release like and it's like what is, why would you go to a place to do that anymore i can just do that online it's like oh yeah wow <laughs> oh i know like uh when it came to my Photoshop program or uh, Vegas, uh, they tried to give me a card instead at Best Buy uh, for uh, a rental. I'm like, I want to actually own the product. Just like I like the hard copy, like of any video game or of uh, any movie. But um, like you get used to downloading games off of the Xbox store or whatever. But like you said, like there's you make more of I feel like you make more of a connection with people in a lineup for. Uh, like the midnight release of a game because it's just like conventions. You're standing there, you're talking with other fans of the exact same product, the exact same person, and you're sharing and, stories that you know. And to me, like you know, back back in the days of of Blockbuster and stores like that, those were really the only times you could meet all of the fans that were local to you, right? You know, my my time starting at Blockbuster, the internet was early. You know, yeah. message boards and stuff and video and movie stuff was just starting up on there. So, like, you know, going to a blockbuster or a video store or a comic shop, this is where you saw like-minded people. You yeah. know, this is where you made connections. And, um, yeah, you can do that all online now and you can open up to even more people. But, you know, that small community of, like, 10 people that might hang out, you know, at they go to the blockbuster at the same time you see them every Friday. Now you get in line at a convention and you see all those people again. And it's like the world has opened up, but we're still doing it in person. Yeah, exactly. No, I totally agree. Cause like uh, people nearby you, your neighbors, like they might enjoy a video game you're playing, or they might enjoy a Netflix show you're watching. But at the same time, the people that you meet in those lineups at Blockbuster or at conventions, like those people are the ones that are really true to the series that you're involved with. They're the right. ones that you're going to make a bigger connection with. And that's. Like, I, I, I got a friend of mine down the street, totally into Supergirl, and we sat there watching, or we would watch the behind the scenes of uh, Game of Thrones or something like that. Like it was nice to have that connection with her, but online it's you don't want to rub someone the wrong way or you get in a fight and then you find out all this other crap i just want to say that way yeah oh yeah <sighs> oh no it's true and you know i started seeing like obviously we made some huge improvements over the way you can interact digitally because of covid and i think the world is now better from a communication standpoint because of that right mm -hmm. but but at the same time it doesn't supplement right you still need like there's still a reason why actors were chomping at the bid waiting for conventions to come back for a year they want that human interaction it is yeah. great you know a director can show up 
for a Skype conversation about, um, you know, their movie online. And I think that level of interaction is more personable than someone who maybe can't um, afford to go to a convention can get. It's great, but I don't think they supplement each other. I think they complement each other. I think I still would love to be able to meet, you know, Kevin Smith in person at a convention if I could. Mm -hmm even though it's awesome that he joins in on a tweet along about one of his movies. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm talking to one of my favorite directors. This is awesome. Yeah. And no, I no, got to I remember, do that. Um, with that? Uh, uh, Alan DeGeneres and uh, Trevor Noah, they're mentioning at the start of COVID that they're used to having an audience. They're used to having a reaction from everybody. And now that they're just talking to a camera, they're missing a big chunk of what they're doing, what they enjoy. Yeah. The audience. And again, it's cool that we were able to find ways around it so we could keep mm -hmm. talking, but I feel like it, it's shown us all, all that something physical is still always needs to be a part of it. And, you know, you, you talked about with the downloadable content, the thing that I'm the most upset about with that is if the rights of it gets sold, you lose it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know uh, if you they, they made a video game out of Scott Pilgrim versus the world um, <laughs> 10 years ago or whenever that yeah. movie came out. And I download, it was only available downloadable. You downloaded it on the Xbox store. The game went away for 10 years because they lost the rights. If you owned it, it just disappeared. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Back, the, the guy that made the game like fought and got a new production company and got, got the rights back and everything and fixed it. But it's like, Imagine like all of these, you know, yeah, okay, you have HBO Max. Well, what if HBO doesn't have the rights to that movie anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, it goes away. You don't have it anymore. Well, it's <laughs> just know? like what's been going on with uh, with uh, Spider-Man, with Marvel and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Like uh, that constantly recycling the actor and all of a sudden, oh, now we got this happening. Oh, now we're losing. Uh... Oh, I forgot his name. Oh, what's his name? Tom, Tom Hardy. Tom, Tom Holland, yes, yes, Tom Holland. Tom Harding's Venom, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But yeah, like uh, they're saying, they're talking about that also. I'm like, son of a gun. Like, this hurts everybody when these things happen. I do like how Marvel is um is playing with that right now. Have you heard about what they're doing for uh this um this Doctor Strange movie that they're making? No, I haven't. I've only heard so that uh uh, I can't remember what his name is, uh, but Doctor Strange, the actor, was saying you need to keep the humor in it. Yes, yes, of course. But what, because because they're playing the multiverse card, and because Sony keeps messing with you know the Spider-Man ownership and all this, and they keep losing it and getting it, and losing it and getting it, they've apparently cast everyone who's ever played Spider-Man in the movie to show up as their versions of Spider-Man at different times, just for fun. So the Spider Verse, like, uh, yeah. um, just like that, they're, they're going to do a little wink, and which means that Sam Raimi, who's making the sequel to Doctor Strange, is going to direct Tobey Maguire as Spider Man again, which that I think would be is epic. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. I... <laughs> oh, they did a good job. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed, you know. The, the amazing Spider-Man movies weren't great, but I liked I liked Andrew Garfield. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right, this is fine. But I they really need to figure this out because I, I like that Marvel, the, the MCU, is having fun with it 
But at the same time, it's like, just let them have Spider-Man or don't let them have Spider-Man. Stop playing these games. It's yeah, very no, sick. I know. I totally agree. Like, uh, comparing, uh, sorry to say that, but comparing uh, DC versus Marvel, like, the TV shows for DC have done a lot better, and uh, Marvel for movies has been just spectacular. Yeah. Sorry, Absolutely. there's too much to pick apart. There's too many things to uh, say about no, that. No, no. <laughs> on that rabbit hole, we're going to be on the phone forever. So oh, I'm going to say, because we both probably have busy days, I want to I want to say thank you first and foremost, and then give you one last chance to promote, shout out, do anything you want, and then, then we'll wrap up. And I really appreciate it and would love to have you on again anytime. Uh, thank you. Um... Uh, really a shout out to, to my parents for uh, watching out for my kids while I enjoy making uh, stories come to life. Uh, and I would like to also thank my husband, Chris, for being really supportive with my film projects. And uh, to my boss, uh, Laura, for having me on as co-producer and having me on the ride for Kaya. And Kaya is an Amazon warrior who is abducted and forced uh, into the slave life and becomes a gladiator but she is strong-willed like she's stubborn and uh, she's got a really strong personality she does not want to bend to the will of her ruler she's always fighting which encourages others and it is such an amazing story and I'm really happy to be a part of it and uh, Laura is currently working with Buffalo 8 and we are looking for a director and just keep waiting for the next step up in this production. This is the biggest production I've ever been involved with. The Kaya pitch trailer has Angus McFadden in it and uh, it was shot in Switzerland and in Ireland and it has been getting a lot of attention on Film, film Freeway. It has been getting a lot of awards. To everybody for watching what I create. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your support. Awesome. Yes. And please get out there and find Nikki's um, stuff, the Resident Evil um, Eugenics Archives and Hunted. Um, I'll have them linked in this video on this audio podcast as well. But go find them, like them, share them, enjoy them. And thank you so much, Nikki, for coming on and making it a Talkbuster day. Thank you all for listening. And please be kind, rewind. Bye.